0: Good morning, I'm Wimala, and today is Friday, March the 11th. So we've had snow the last few days here, but it's very sunny, some little puffy clouds in the sky. Most of the snow that came yesterday has already melted. So we're definitely moving into a spring mode here. Spring is good. So I hope everyone is... uh, Hanging in there, and your spirits are good, and you're finding things to be positive about, and places where you can uh, kind of activate, excuse me, activate compassion and compassion in action, I guess is what I'm saying. Find ways to express yourself in terms of helping others, especially. If you found something you can do to to help relieve suffering of people who are here, who are from Ukraine, or people who who are in Ukraine, uh, having to leave Ukraine, and there are ways you found to help, and you can always share those with us here. So, if you have links, you can add those, because so I think all of us are are hoping to find ways to. To be of some, some help or support. So, what's uh, we're all learning about the world of samsara, <laughs> and realizing too, uh, we can be very happy in our own living rooms, our own with our own family, but we're also aware of what's going on around the world and seeing the the. The help that other countries are giving the Ukrainians is very, especially people in Poland. It's, uh, it's very, it's really moving. So today we're gonna we're coming to a part that I think, and this book is gonna start making sense to us, and put some uh, kind of flesh out how we understand sunyata or voidness. Or, what we also talk about as no self, the letting go of ego, letting go of seeing ourselves as seeing, even trying to let go of seeing the world through I, me, mine, kind of letting go of that and seeing ourselves more connected to everything. So, this is chapter eight and it's called Knowing Sunyata. And, uh, We'll have time, I'll make sure I stop so we can have time to sit together. Knowing Sunyata, chapter eight, and we're reading from Uddhadasa Bhikkhu's book, Heartwood of the Bodhi Tree. Now I would like to turn to the matter of living with Sunyata. Sunyata, I I think I, pronounce it lots of different ways, depending on the day, or dwelling in voidness. To consider this subject, we must look at the meanings of a number of words in detail. In particular, let's focus on the words to know, to see clearly, to realize, to live with, and to be void. Speaking in everyday language, we can... oh that's good. everyday language is going to be helpful. Speaking in everyday language, we can make the following equations. We know is equal to we know sunyata. We see clearly. We see sunyata clearly. We realize means we realize sunyata. we live with, we live with sunyata. We are void. We are is the same as this is the equation. We are void equals we are void through sunyata. We are voidness itself. That voidness is not a is not a bad thing, right? That's spaciousness, that's not being seeing everything through our own personal viewpoints, really knowing. Most people might think that the phrase we know sunyata means that we have studied and discussed it. If that's all our knowing is, we don't know voidness correctly. The words to know in Dhamma language don't refer to the knowing that comes from study, listening, and the like. Such knowing, even if we say that we understand, is not complete. The words to know and to understand in ordinary, everyday language are merely a matter of reading and listening, of thinking and reasoning. Those activities can't be used to know voidness. The knowing of sunyata refers to the awareness of sunyata in a mind that is truly void. Okay, the knowing of sunyata refers to the awareness of sunyata in a mind that is truly void. We must know what is actually occurring in the mind. For there to be the knowing of voidness, voidness must be apparent at that moment. Then we know how it is. This then is called knowing sunyata. Hearing a talk or reading about sunyata, And then considering logically that voidness should be possible or that it may be like this or like that is still not what is meant here by knowing. This is merely the knowing and understanding of worldly language. When the words to know are used here, please take them in the particular sense they have in the Dhamma principles of Buddhism to know dhamma means that dhamma is truly present and that we are aware of it aware of its presence similarly to know sunyata means that voidness is to know sunyata means that voidness is manifest in awareness so i encourage you in any moment that the mind has any measure of voidness even if it's not absolutely or perfectly void to keep recognizing it Actually, on any one day, sunyata is there repeatedly. Even if it's not a fixed, absolute sunyata, it's still very good as long as we take the trouble to observe it. If we take an interest in this sort of voidness right from the start, it will generate a contentment with voidness that will make it easy to practice and then attain the real thing. Therefore, the phrase, we know sunyata refers to having voidness manifest in awareness. The phrase clearly seeing sunyata must also be increasingly clear and precise. When we have become aware of the mind's voidness, we contemplate it. We focus our awareness on it until there is a clear penetrative seeing a thorough understanding of voidness. The meaning of the phrase, we realize sunyata, is once again the same. It refers to the moment the mind realizes voidness. In conventional terms, we say that we realize voidness, but in fact, it's the mind that realizes it. That awareness is the one who experiences and realizes sunyata, so it's not me, it's that awareness. Then the phrase living with sunyata refers to sunyata vihara. Living and breathing with the constant awareness of voidness is called living with sunyata. The phrase being void means that there is no feeling of self or belonging to self. There is no feeling of I and mine. These feelings are the creations of craving and grasping. Being void of those feelings is being void. What is it that is void? Once again, it is the mind that is void, empty, emptied of the feelings of self and belonging to self in which they're crude, in both their crude and their subtle forms. In the crude forms, we call them ego and egoism. In the subtle forms, we call them self and of self. If the mind is void to the degree of being free of even the refined self, it is said that the mind is itself sunyata. This agrees with the teachings of some other Buddhist traditions, which say that mind is voidness, voidness is mind, voidness is Buddha. Buddha is voidness, voidness is Dhamma, Dhamma is voidness. There is only this one thing. So now we're moving into the part where instead of kind of understanding the concept or reading about it or seeing what one teacher has to say over another, now he's talking about this is the only way we can know it is to begin to experience it, have some, have some even if it's very uh, brief, uh, personal wisdom of sunyata. Two kinds of sunyata. All the myriad things we are acquainted with are nothing but sunyata. Let us make this clear by looking into the word void once more. The word sunya, void, or sunyata, voidness, points to two things, or rather two characteristics. First, sunyata refers to the characteristic or fundamental nature of all things. Please concentrate on the fact that the character of all things is voidness. This phrase, all things, must be understood correctly as encompassing every single thing, both physical things, which are rupadhamma, and mental, thi- and mental things, dhamma. Don't worry about the Pali. Uh, so let me read that sentence again without the Pali. This phrase, all things must be understood correctly as encompassing every single thing, both physical and mental things, everything from a speck of dust to valuable things, to immaterial things, up to complete awakening, up to Nibbāna. Each and everything has a quality of voidness. This is the first meaning of sunyata. We must understand well that in a speck of dust there is voidness of self. Gold, silver and diamonds have voidness of self as their essence. Going on to the mind and heart, thoughts and feelings, each thing is characterized by sunyata. That is, they are void of self. The study and practice of Dhamma share the quality of being void of self. Finally, the path realizations, their fruits, Nibbana itself, all have this exact same property of sunyata. It's just that we don't see it. Even a sparrow flying back and forth has the characteristics, the characteristic of voidness perfectly within it. But we don't see it. Please think this over. I'm going to read uh, this one more page. Contemplate it, observe it, and ponder it until you perceive that all things display the characteristic of sunyata. It's just that we can't see. So please think it over and contemplate. That's our homework. can be until Sunday. Contemplate it, observe it, and ponder it until you perceive that all things display the characteristic of sunyata. It's just that we can't see. So who is to blame but ourselves? There's a a Zen koan that says an ancient pine tree is proclaiming the Dhamma. Even that old pine tree is displaying sunyata, the voidness that it shares with all things, but people don't see it. They don't hear its Dhamma teaching, its ceaseless proclamation of voidness. This then is the word sunyata in its first meaning. meaning number one, which concerns all things. The word sunyata, in its second application, points to the quality of the mind when it isn't grasping and clinging at anything. So, when the mind, the quality we're looking at, to see this sunyata, we're looking at the quality of the mind when it isn't grasping and clinging at anything. The character of the mind, when it isn't attaching to anything, is called voidness also. The first meaning of sunyata points out that all things are void, that voidness is the inherent characteristic of all things, that it is the inherent characteristic of all things. The second meaning points to the mind that isn't grasping or clinging at anything. Ordinarily, although it is truly void of self, the mind doesn't realize that it is void because it is constantly enveloped and disturbed by conceptual thoughts which are concocted due to seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and physical experiencing. So it's our senses that, uh, as we experience things coming into us from our senses, that's, what keep, that's what's keeping the mind being enveloped and disturbed by conceptual thoughts that all arises from what we take in through our sense doors. Consequently, the mind is aware neither of its own voidance nor of the voidance, voidness in all things. However, when the mind completely throws off the things enveloping it, When it removes the grasping and clinging caused by delusion and ignorance, then the mind has the character of sunyata through its non-clinging. I think those are the key words that we need to keep remembering. Uh, It's the, the, uh, the mind that isn't grasping or clinging at anything. The two sorts of sunyata, sunyata, the voidness of the non-clinging mind and the, void, and the voidness of all things, are different but related because all things truly have the characteristic of being void of self and because they are void of any permanent, independent entity to be grasped at or clung to, we are able to see the truth of their voidness. If, in fact, they weren't void of self, then it would be impossible to see that they are void. As it is, although all things are void, we see every one of them as not void. The mind, enveloped by defilement and ignorance, attaches to everything as a being self, no matter what it is. Even a tiny particle of dust is regarded as the self of that dust. It is experienced as a second person, which stands apart from ourselves. We are the first person, and the second person is everything else. We label them as being this and being that, always seeing them as being permanent, independent entities, thus as separate selves. Therefore, we must know correctly, absolutely, and perfectly the meaning of the word sunya which is the the meaning is void knowing that first it is the essence of all things and second it is the character of the non-clinging mind the first voidness is an object of knowledge or realization the second voidness is this void mind the quality of the mind that is void through realizing The truth of sunyata. It's the result of correct Dhamma practice. Thus, the mind that sees sunyata in all things disintegrates of itself, leaving only voidness. It becomes voidness itself and sees everything as void, everything from a speck of dust up to and including Nibbāna material objects, people, animals, place, time, space, whatever they may be, all dhammas melt into one, into sunyata, through the knowing of this truth. This is the meaning of the word sunya or sunyata. So, that's a lot, but we're moving closer to, hopefully, uh, at least having something to contemplate, clinging, grasping to anything, is one of the, the characteristic of uh, the uh, the word sunyata. In its second application, points to the quality of the mind when it isn't grasping or clinging at anything, that is sunyata or sunyata. And that's what we can look at. When we don't see, when we experience uh, that sense that we are connected to everything, that there's no separation, that's, that's what we can have instances of or seconds of or flashes of that knowledge. And that's what we want to look at and think about until we read next time. So I hope it's not totally overwhelming. The concept is, uh, I think it's, it, it's exactly what the Buddha's teaching, to see this, how we're more connected to everything than separated from it. And there's no, there's no self, there's no mine. And let's see if we can observe that. See if you can observe it in your life uh, for the next couple of days. And that's how we begin to actually penetrate it and understand it. And I love when he says, unless we have that quality of sunyata in our mind, or in our mind, we can't really understand it, or we can't penetrate it with the mind that doesn't uh, understand it, that doesn't already have little bits of it so it's something that we'll be able to observe if we're really patient with ourselves and if we're really uh, being mindful so let's spend the rest of our time together which is not very much time so um, also if you want to send shoot me a, a message if you're having trouble with this concept or if it's a you know how you how you feel about it. I think I think it's this is very good teaching on a very difficult concept because we've we've all been raised with me and mine. <laughs> this is who I am. This is me. This belongs to me. This is mine. You know, this is my family, my everything, and uh, that's that's the that's clinging and grasping. Just from the very beginning, but that's how we've all been raised. So let me know if it's uh, if you're backing away from all of this. But I think the teachings and the teacher. Buddha Bhikkhu, Biku are, are very. They're very good. They're, uh, I, but let me know if it's just too much. And uh, continue with every time you take a breath and think of it, continue sending compassion and sending loving kindness to the people in the Ukraine. And I will will end our meditation with, a, with my wish. Let's start it and then we'll work just be with our breath and then I'll end it with our sharing of merit. May I become at times both now and forever a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. By means of this Meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I awaken. So we can sit very short. Hmm. Let your shoulders roll back, sit up straight, or lie down straight. You want to be able to kind of wiggle through your spine to uh, lift yourself up. Closing your eyes can be helpful to let go of visual distraction. Just be aware of the body breathing. Just by lifting yourself up, I think the lungs will take take a deeper We're not forcing our breath to be a deep breath. We're just breathing our normal breath. But I can see in my own body, if I'm sitting up straighter, more oxygen is automatically getting into my lungs. Stay with your breath. Follow your inhale and exhale. Some people will count the breaths. You can count. Some teachers suggest count five, so the inhale is one. The exhale is one. Inhale two. Exhale two. And at your own pace, count your breath, either up to five breaths. But don't go any further than ten. But any time you lose track of the breath you're on, either the inhale or the exhale, then that means you've become uh, something has caught your attention, distracted you. It's perfectly that's perfect, uh, uh, perfectly part of the of this training. It allows us to see how easily our minds are distracted, and that's just the human condition. You may be breathing, staying with the breath, and suddenly have that sense, oh, I, oh, voidness. You might have for one breath that sense of the, the voidness, the openness, the spaciousness of that breath. Second when we're not relating to everything in the world as somehow connected to us. And I mean us by uh, uh, each one of us personally. You may have a few seconds of no clinging, no grasping. Now take time to send loving thoughts to yourself as we practice. Our time is short, but we can include loving kindness, compassion for yourself as well. Always begin with yourself. Don't get so wrapped up in the outer world that we lose ourselves in terms of caring for ourselves, understanding ourselves. May I be well, may I be contented and know joy and happiness. May I be at peace And now send that quality out to your your loved ones, people close to you, your animal beings close to you. May all of my loved ones be well. Be contented and know joy and happiness. May they be at peace. And we can just allow these same nurturing, loving, friendly thoughts to just keep going out, radiate out from ourselves. Thinking of everyone in this country and everyone in the world and especially thinking of the people in the Ukraine, the people who've been having to leave and flee from their homes, and going to Poland and other countries helping them, and send out these same kind thoughts to the Russian soldiers, to the people making unwise in really greedy decisions, choosing power and control over love and cooperation. We can pray that they, they can awaken from the delusion that they're living with, So may all beings feel safe in this world. May all beings be well and able to care for themselves or be cared for lovingly by others. May all living beings be free from fear and worry and anxiety, from hunger and thirst into the devastation of war. And may all beings on this planet and throughout the world be able to live in peace, peace within and peace without. in in Ukraine and in any other part of the world where this kind of damage and destruction, this thing we call war, wherever it's happening. So, May everything we do and say and think today not only be done for our own benefits, but for the benefits of all sentient beings, all living beings everywhere. And always let it begin with me. Thank you. I will see you Sunday. Don't forget your homework. See if you can see that voidness in your world.